You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. In the Good Job Brain system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the quizzers who pose questions and the brave men and women who answer them. These are their stories. of brain that contains urbane swains and entertaining janes welcome to good job brain your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast this is episode 53 and of course i'm your humble host karen and we are your barky arc of snarky marks and larks i'm colin i'm dana and i'm chris let's start the show off by jumping into our quick general trivia segment pop quiz hotshot Everybody get your barnyard buzzers ready, and I have a random Trivial Pursuit card here. Blue Wedge for Geography. Ooh, which ocean is saltier, the Atlantic or the Pacific? 50-50. I'm going to guess Atlantic. Correct. It is Atlantic. Water from the Atlantic evaporates, is carried in the atmosphere, and rains into the Pacific. Mm, So it dilutes it. (laughs) All right. Pink Wedge for Pop Culture. In the 70s TV show, BJ and the Bear, <laughs> what kind of animal is Bear? Never heard of the show. Oh, that was a classic 70s show. I, I believe Bear was a chimpanzee? Yes. Yeah. A chimp. Chimpanzee. Yeah. yeah, it was like a trucker and his chimp companion. That old trope. A, a trucker named BJ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yellow Wedge. Uh, what are the British Sandwich Association's annual awards called? Dagwoods? Sammy's? Toasties or Witch Hunt? Mm. I'm going to go with the Sammies. Correct. All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds very British. Yeah, British Sandwich Association. <laughs> Purple Wedge. What term describes two or more words that are spelled the same but have different meanings? Chris. Homonyms. Yes. Homonyms. Green Wedge for science. The name of what marine mammal means literally... Pig fish. Oh. Pig. Oh, Not heard, big. I've heard this. Oink, word. oink, pig. Uh, marine mammal. Pig fish. What is it? A swine trout. <laughs> <laughs> you, swine you, shark. You know you were all thinking of something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not manatee. It's not, I don't know. What? 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 Porpoise. Oh, yes, yes, porpoise. Yeah, like porcelain. Huh. marine Pork. mammal. Pork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pork yeah. poised. Yeah. All right, last question. Orange Wedge, how many players can a team have on the field in a regulation ultimate game? Mm. As in Frisbee, ultimate Frisbee. Mm. How many each team? Well, I don't know. God, does it come from soccer? I like how you're actually going by logic. I'm trying to figure it out. Pull a number. I, I'm going to guess... Seven. Correct. Nice. Wow. Seven. Good guess. This Good is job, why Brains. he is the sports guy. <laughs> Good job, Brains. So we are dedicating this week's episode to one of our Kickstarter backers and friend in real life, uh, Justin Haywald from San Francisco, California. Justin was very generous and was one of our top backers back when we started our campaign on Kickstarter.com more than a year ago. Sorry, Justin, for the delay. <laughs> we appreciate it. That's- <laughs> and as his reward, he got to choose a topic for a show. So this week, we're going to take a bite out of crime. Annie, you okay? You okay? You okay, Annie? You've been hit by, you've been struck by, 
I love the movies, like The Godfather, mm-hmm. and The Goodfellas, and the television show The Sopranos. You are a I big mafia nut. I, I don't know why. I don't know why I enjoy uh, mafia movies and TV shows so much, but I really do. And yeah. so so I started thinking, okay, well, what can, I, what can I talk about with the mafia? And I eventually hit on, we should have a little discussion about mafia jargon. Oh, yeah. Mafia oh, lingo. Okay. Mafia slang. And the first thing that I hit on, the phrase, bada bing! As in, it happened so quickly, or something that happened suddenly. And also, there's an element of inevitability to it. Right. You know, you do this and bada bing, bada boom, you're you're a made man. But you know what I mean? So suddenly and inevitably. So bada bing was added to the Oxford English Dictionary in 2006. Whoa. Okay. Is it because, because of, of the Sopranos? Sopranos? So it was added, yeah, it was added because it had entered into popular usage because the in the Sopranos, the gentleman's club that the characters go to is oh. called the Bada Binks. And so uh, they do a lot of their, their meetings and, and such at the uh, the gentleman's establishment. Here's the crazy part. So the OED scholars decided to go track down the etymology, or at least, you know, previous uses of the phrase Bada Bing. Right. And the first, the, the earliest, earliest use of Bada Bing that they could find uh, in any sort of, you know, written down anywhere, it was uttered by... James Kahn as Sonny Corleone in The Godfather <laughs> when he's talking to Michael Corleone going, and bada bing, they're going to blow your brains out. That was the first time it was used. Wow. Recorded, book, that they could substantiate. Right, recorded that it was that it was actually written down. So James Kahn got it from Carmine Persisco, an actual mobster that he was hanging out with. A lot of the people who were in The Godfather movies, they actually... You know, piled up with with actual mobsters and just to sort of learn their mannerisms. There were many language. actual mobsters in the movie. Oh yeah, and many of the bit parts. Right. Yeah. And so that was actually where it was first used, and it was not in the script. It was improvised. Wow. Yep. So a lot of mafia phrases have this entered our lingo. The word swag. No. Um, yeah. But they did not actually come from the swag as a word meaning stolen goods is popularly thought to be an acronym. Everybody always thinks it's an acronym of stuff we all get or, oh, or like that. sealed with a gift. Also, a souvenirs, wearables, and gifts. <laughs> um, None all, of these sound very convincing. Um, also, people try to insist that it came from stolen without a gun. But for some reason, the word swag, uh, people think people always think it's an acronym for something. But it's not. Like so many words, it's, it's very, very old. There's a old uh, Nordic word, svegja. Hmm. It means to swing or to sway. Hmm. Um, and this, this probably came in the 1500s in English, uh, the word swag meant like some sort of ornamental festoon or something Hmm. of of that nature, some sort of decoration. By the 1800s, English criminals were using the word swag to mean stolen goods. It just sort of went from English criminals talking about swag and booty and and whatnot. And and the word swag entered into the United States. uh, Into our native criminal organization. Right, and you get rid of swag by giving it to a fence or a person who can buy and sell uh, stolen goods. You know, you've heard Cosa Nostra, right? Mm -hmm. As a a word meaning... Meaning the mafia. Mm -hmm. Right. It's Italian for this thing of ours. Mm -hmm. It's an Mm -hmm. oblique way of referencing organized crime. If you uh, are introducing someone to someone else and you say, this guy is a friend of mine. That means he's outside of our group. He's not in (gasps) the organized crime. But I believe he can be trusted. But if you say, 
oh, you know, this guy is a friend of ours. Okay. That means that he is in group. Part of it. Yep. Yep. This is really interesting. The word compare, just meaning like pal, you know, companion, I guess. Because a lot of words got sort of mutated. Compare became goomba, word for like this guy. I think a lot of the, the hard C sounds <laughs> can turn into G's. Yeah. 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 Wait, like the mushroom? Yeah. I mean, they, they <laughs> named Mario? them goombas yeah. because, you I know, mean, it's it was been... a word meaning like, you know, ruffian or whatever. Yeah. Comare. The female version of compare becomes gumar. Uh, mistress. Mistress, exactly. Also, C's becoming G's. Capicola. <laughs> Gabagool. Gabagool, yeah. Capicola is a cut of uh, deli meat, and it's from the capo and the colo, or the head and the neck the, of the pig. So, capicolo, head and neck. <laughs> um, the word fugazi, interestingly enough, means fake. It means a, a fake jewel or a, a fake item. Yeah, um, or fugazi. People aren't sure on the etymology of this one, uh, but there is an Italian word fugase, which is, in, in the war, they would take a rock and hollow it out and put a mine inside of it, mm-hmm. and so that could be where it comes from. Like, like a it's decoy. a fake a decoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely does not, is not also an acronym for effed up, got ambushed, zipped in, as in zipped in a body bag. <laughs> that is, that is, that is, well, that's the thing. So, uh, soldiers started to use it in the war to mean, like, foobar, thinking that it meant everything is effed up, but actually it just means fake. Bada bing! So I have kind of a related quiz. I am going to give you the nicknames of criminals. I want you to give me their real names. Oh! Oh, Are these real criminals? Or? Yeah, so okay. so there's some famous mobsters in there. There's maybe some serial killers. There's some other people. Mm. A grab bag. It's a grab bag. A potpourri. <laughs> I know. It's a light <laughs> mixture. <laughs> <laughs> a zesty summer tonic. That's right. Killers. <laughs> yeah. All right, number one. Scarface. Uh, Al Capone. Al Capone. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That was his nickname. Tony Montana. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Bugsy. Karen. Oh, I know the last name. What mm-hmm. was Bugsy Malone? Mm-hmm. Bill? Ben Siegel. Yes, Benjamin oh. Siegel. Whoa. Uh oh. Colin might stomp all over oh. this. The Milwaukee Cannibal. Is this Jeffrey Dahmer? Yes. Okay. Oh. Yeah. He's a lot of things. Uh. Yeah. Billy the Kid. Uh, is that uh, William Bonney? No. Mm. It's Henry McCarty. Mm. It's not even William. The son of Sam. Chris. David Berkowitz. Yes. I All don't right. know my criminals, <laughs> obviously. The killer clown. That's uh, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Oh. Why is he called the killer clown? He used to Did... dress up as a, as a clown at kids' parties. Oh this God. is dark. <laughs> don't read the Wikipedia page about him. It's bad. <laughs> I will not. Uh, Teflon Don. Teflon Don. That yeah. is John Gotti. Yes. Oh, of course. Why is no- he called Teflon Don? Because nothing Convict stuck him. to him. Yeah, yeah nothing sticks. Yeah. <laughs> the Teflon Don. Also, like I have to say, he always looked very nice and shiny and smooth. Like, he looked like he could actually be you crafted could cook out of an omelet on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Blackbeard. Oh. Chris. Oh, oh. Is this Edward Teach? Yes. Okay, yes. all right. Couldn't wow. remember if that was, remember yeah, if that was Blackbeard or Bluebeard. Yeah, Edward Teach. Dr. Death. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is Jack Kevorkian. Yes. Oh, uh, good job, you guys. It was creepy finding these. <laughs> I know. There's a lot. There's a lot of backstory on me. Yeah. Simple little quiz. I fell down a hole. It was dark. A dark hole. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, speaking of Al Capone there, you know, if you think of prohibition, depressionary gangsters, like what's the first thing you think of? Let's just do some free association here. Italian restaurants. Okay. Speakeasy. Okay. Hats. 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 Oh, yeah. Hats. Okay. Maybe in terms of weapons. Oh, Tommy maybe gun. what? Tommy gun. Yes. Whoa. Dana, I was uh, eventually got what I was fishing for. Uh, the Tommy gun. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You've had to push yeah. it pretty hard. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, that actually took 15 minutes of unedited audio. <laughs> <laughs> His shiny shoes. Bathroom gym. <laughs> I, I, I love just so many things about the history of the Tommy gun because just because of the way it's portrayed in the media and the way that it took on a life of its own in the criminal underworld. So in case you're not sure what we're talking about, when I when I talk about the Tommy gun, this is just that classic, the two handles, the big round drum barrel mm-hmm. in the front that you see in virtually every gangster movie from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and was used in a lot of real life crime sprees by Al Capone and a lot of other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that era. If you don't know anything about guns the way I don't, it looks like a machine gun. Like yes. you could yeah. shoot well, a lot yeah. of bull- bullets it's, quickly. Yeah. Do you know where it even gets its name? Thomas Edison. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> there was a General John Thompson who uh, really, in every way possible, was the father of the Tommy gun. In the uh, early mid 1900s, he really wanted to spearhead an effort to get better guns for U.S. soldiers. And so keep in mind, this is like World War One era, you know, trench warfare was dominating, you know, as gruesome as this sounds, he really wanted to get a weapon in soldiers hands that could clear out trenches in a hurry. He founded a company called Auto Ordnance Company to develop this weapon for the military. And it was called the Annihilator at first. Uh, and it could fire hundreds of rounds a minute. I mean, it's just very deadly device. So he spent about four or five years developing this gun over the course of World War One. By the time they got the final design ready, the war was basically over. You know, it was like when they finally got it working, they, as I say, they they had called the device the Annihilator. So they finally get the working Annihilator ready to go. War is over. Well, what are we going to do? Well, we spent all this money developing this awesome weapon. We need to start selling it. Let's sell it to criminals. So let's, well, let's sell it to everybody. Let's sell it to whoever wants to buy it. So this is, you know, 1919, 1920. And they started selling the guns to to the government, to civilians, really, you know, to whoever wanted to buy them. Outside of the military, the U.S. Postal Inspection Service was the first federal agency to buy them, basically to prevent mail theft. They, they were having a rash of, of, you know, mail trucks being, you know, robbed and things like so that. So mailmen would carry time. Well, no, not mailmen. These were like agents of okay. the, the Postal Inspection Service. So, okay. you know, sort of like safeguarding the mails as they went oh, across okay. the country. In terms of civilian hands, now the thing to keep in mind, as I say, this was right around when Prohibition started in 1920. So they started selling the gun. They renamed it from the Annihilator to just the Thompson submachine gun. You know, a little drier, but yeah. maybe a little more family-friendly, I suppose. It's less a family-friendly su- machine gun. Less suggestive of, like, what you should do with it. <laughs> yeah. The gangsters and the bootleggers really took off on these because they were having turf wars. So, you know, prohibition basically created this huge expanse of money that could be made in criminal enterprises. And so just like today with any other kind of drug or illicit good, they're fighting each other and they're killing each other and they start an arms race. So as soon as one group of gangsters got the Tommy gun, the other group's like, all right, well, we got to get these things too. And it was, it was a literal arms race. These were really expensive guns. So outside of federal agencies in the military, a lot of police agencies around the country, they were buying some, but it wasn't something that they could afford to buy in bulk because it was a very pricey piece of machinery. But as you can imagine, if you're Al Capone or uh, Bugs Moran or John Dillinger or any of these guys, you know, price is not necessarily a limitation for you. 
So as the media started covering these gruesome events in the newspapers, it sort of fed back into a feedback loop and the gangsters would see themselves covered as these Tommy gun toting gangsters and like, oh, well, we should be toting Tommy guns. Right. And they would get more and it would be covered more and they would get more and it would be covered more. Yeah. Uh, eventually, it got to the point where the, the police agencies had no choice. They were literally outgunned. So the Chicago cops uh, and the FBI, they had to start buying up larger and larger volumes of Tommy guns basically to fight the gangsters and have shootouts mm. so they weren't getting slaughtered. Uh, this fact tickled me the most in the course of doing the research. Uh, you guys know the image of in, again, movies or TVs or comic books of the, the gangster carrying the machine gun in the violin case. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a real thing. You can actually fit a disassembled Tommy gun in inside of a violin case. Nice. And there were documented cases of guys walking around carrying them like this. Now, the problem was... Like, why are there so many violins Well, exactly, exactly. As soon as the cops figured uh, out what was yeah. going on, that stopped being a thing. All right, well, continuing on with our theme of crime and crimes that have been committed or not been committed, I now present <laughs> to you an exciting quiz titled Stolen or Not Stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I will name you the famous item, possibly a work of art, possibly oh. jewelry or whatnot, and you will have to tell me if at some point in its life, in its existence, was it ever stolen. Oh, interesting. Before we get into this, we have a lot of children who listen to this podcast, some of their parents. We understand you look to us for life advice. We, I, I really <laughs> want to be clear. We may be glamorizing this, but kids, don't steal famous works of art, okay? Because they are hard to sell. <laughs> you cannot get rid of the. You don't go on Pawn Stars with like the Mona Lisa, right? Like you know, or eBay. You have to set right. up a private buyer. Most art theft is people taking unknown or, or relatively less known Makes works of sense. art. Yeah, but anyway, okay. So it's thumbs up for stolen, thumbs down for not stolen. Right. Okay, so I already mentioned it, but uh, so we'll make this the first one: the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Colin says stolen. Dana says stolen. Karen says stolen. Yes. Final answer: Yes, the Mona Lisa was stolen on August twenty first, nineteen eleven. A Louvre employee named Vincenzo Perugia thought that Da Vinci's famous painting deserved to go back to Italy, so he kept it in his apartment for two years. He walked out with it, wow. and uh, he tried <laughs> That's to not Italy. <laughs> two years? No. Well, <laughs> he, he thought, he thought that was enough time, so he then he tried to sell it to an Italian museum, and they were like, "This is the Mona Lisa, <laughs> you jerk!" And they they ratted on him. Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Night, stolen or not stolen? I know it's been duplicated, copied. Collins is not stolen. Karen's is not stolen. Dates is stolen. It was never stolen. Yeah. However, many Van Gogh paintings have been stolen, and in fact, three are unaccounted for right now. Uh, most recently, the painting "Poppy Flowers" was stolen from a Cairo museum in 2010, and the same painting had actually been previously stolen in 1977. Wow! From the same museum. <laughs> Which did not do anything to up its security. <laughs> the crown jewels of England. Were they ever stolen, ever? Stolen as in... Okay. And what I mean by the crown jewels of England is the, the any, any jewels gold kept in the personal safe of the crown of the ruler of England. 
Karen says, stolen. Colin says, stolen. And Dana says, stolen. They were stolen. You may have heard the story uh, of Colonel Blood, actual name, who attempted (laughs) to steal some of them from the Tower of London in the 1600s, but was apprehended and did not get away with it. The guy who actually did get away with stealing many of the crown jewels of uh, of England, his name was Richard Pudlicott in the 1300s. He took them from Westminster Abbey. He actually got in good with a lot of the monks in Westminster Abbey and then obtained access and then just started stealing the crown jewels from where they were kept in the abbey after they caught him basically that is when they moved the jewels to the tower of london where they have been safe uh for the last (laughs) seven centuries harder to get to yep you may be wondering what happened to lovable rake and all-around scamp richard pudlicott Uh after bravely robin hooding the king's jewels away from westminster abbey he was flayed yeah and they hung (laughs) yeah and they hung his skin up on the door to westminster abbey well you know it's a it's a warning and it's still there today (laughs) it'd be weird to be a monk there to work there and then see your friend's skin hanging on the door but maybe i mean remnants of it probably like molecules still there, <gasps> right? Isn't that where William and Kate got married? Yeah. Maybe so they touched they got maybe, oh, molecules. They touched that guy's skin. <laughs> um, the scream. Stolen or not stolen? Oh, the monk. The monk. I was going to say munch. Munch. Eddie Munch. Collins says stolen. Dana says stolen. Karen says not stolen. It was stolen. It was stolen a lot. Actually, monk created four versions of this uh, of this work at the same time. I believe two were paintings and two were pastels. And all of them are kind of like on display. And two of those have been stolen and found again. Uh, one in 1994 and once in 2004. Um, Vermeer's Girl with a Pearl Earring. Oh. Stolen or not stolen? Oh, oh, I don't know. Dutch Masters. Oh, Colin says not stolen. Dana says not stolen. Karen says stolen. It was not stolen. No, no funny story to this one. It was just never stolen. Huh. So, bada bing. Yeah, bada bing. Bada never bing. Stolen. Not stolen. Um, <laughs> the Hope Diamond on display at the Smithsonian Museum. Colin says stolen. Dana says stolen. Karen says stolen. It was stolen. Yeah. It was stolen. Easy big time. to steal it. A- a gem than like a giant yeah. painting you just yeah. put it in your pocket and also i would so, imagine a lot easier to get rid of on the black market too uh well there's a story about yeah. that so um originally or not originally originally but uh it was for a very long time in possession of the crown of france and the various louis what you know one of them wore it in sort of a pendant and one of them wore it in some sort of other thing and they you know sort of keep resetting it they had cut it down because when it was originally discovered the stone was over 120 carats it was just this massive, massive, massive diamond. But it was cut at that time for maximum weight mm. rather than brilliance. Apparently it was France that cut it to make it, you know, to give it all the facets and mm. make it amazing. And they had cut it down to significantly less than that. When Louis the Sixteenth lost his head and also lost uh, control over France, that is when burglars broke in and took a whole bunch of stuff, uh. including what was then known as the French Blue. That is what they called it. The Hope Diamond is a ginormous blue diamond 20 years later right after the statute of limitations was up a diamond looking a lot like a giant blue diamond that was actually slightly recut to obscure its true appearance Mm. then popped up in london and it's now in the smithsonian and it's uh 44 carats 
So well over, wow. yeah, like around 70 to 80 carats of this original diamond are, are long gone. Shaved off. Man. Yep. Yeah. I think I remember reading that about like some ring of international jewel thieves. And they said that one of their techniques was that if they got something that was really huge, they would just split it in two and sure. sell it that way. Absolutely. It's, at that point, it's not untraceable, but so much harder to trace. Uh, and finally, Pablo Picasso's Guernica. Stolen or not stolen? Isn't it huge? So big. It- it's Karen says the... not stolen. Colin says not stolen. Dana says not stolen. Final answers. Everybody says not stolen. It was never stolen. It was really hard. It's, it's... so huge. Yeah. Well, however, uh, Picasso's Le Pigeon au Petit Pois, the pigeon with green peas, was stolen in 2010 and found the next year. And I have no idea why somebody would steal that because it looks nothing like a pigeon. <laughs> or peas. Nothing. All right. Let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsors. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, Matt, did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope, never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. And we're back. Welcome to Good Job Brain. And this week we're talking about crime. So when I was looking around for trivia about crime, I found this awesome quiz that a guy named Hedgeman wrote on Sporkle about fictional criminals and their crimes. And it was so good. I... I was like, I just want to ask you guys, because I think you're going to like this quiz. I'll tell you the crime. I'll read you the crime. Mm. And you tell me who the criminal is and what movie they came from. <laughs> okay. oh. Movie or book. Oh, yeah. Movie or book. Movie okay. or book. All fiction. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Patricide. Casting unforgivable curses <laughs> and flying without a broomstick. Patricide <laughs> is killing your... Yeah, this is uh, Lord Voldemort in Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Tom Riddle. He killed his dad. Dog napping, witchcraft, trafficking, and flying monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Wicked Witch of the oh. uh, East. No. West. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> From the, the Wizard lady. of Oz. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> he did a really she... good job putting this together. <laughs> it's I like a lot of flavor text. Loved it. Abduction, corrupting another with drugs. Breaking ankles with a sledgehammer. 
<laughs> oh, it's oh man. Well, it's Kathy Bates's character in Misery, but yes. what is? I don't know her name. I'm sorry. Annie Wilkes. Oh, okay. Espionage, dereliction of holy duty, conspiracy to assassinate King Louis. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Classic is... literature. It's... Car- oh, Karen? Not Three Amigos, God, what I'm talking about. <laughs> three Musketeers? Yes, yeah, Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. Yeah! Is that it? Oh, okay. But the, the criminal is... Cardinal Richelieu. Cardinal Richelieu. Oh, God, right. God. Right. Who is a real person. He's not fictional. Yes, he He's is not, not fictional. fictional. Cardinal Richelieu was a real man, but he was um, written into a lot of uh, interesting narratives. Huh. Yeah. I love this one. Disruption of public telephone service, safe cracking, Nakatomi terrorism. Nakatomi? Uh, <laughs> uh, Hans Gruber. Yes, from... From Die Hard. Alan Rickman, of course. Electrocution, murder by laughter, dancing with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was Jack Nicholson's Joker in okay. uh, my, in the Michael Keaton Batman. Uh, yes. Movie, yes, Jack Jack Napier. That awesome. Oh, that's right. That is his yeah, name in the yeah, movie. Yeah. Jack yep. Napier. Jack Napier. Here you go. Another one. Planet side carrying a concealed lightsaber, force choking. <laughs> Darth Vader, uh, yes. Anakin oh, Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, um, excuse me. Yeah, I think um, actually, actually, his real name. Identity theft, tampering with evidence, misuse of a knife in a shower. Oh. <laughs> um, the the keeper of the Bates Motel. Oh, what's Nor- his name? Norman Bates. Norman Bates yeah. yeah. What's the movie? Psycho. Norman yes. something. The guy from the Bates, <laughs> Bates Motel. Was, you know. Norman <laughs> Motel. Norman Motel. <laughs> Boat vandalism, scuba tank theft, devouring of a sea captain. <laughs> Jaws. Yes. Jaws from the movie Jaws. Jaws. He was just a shark. I don't know if he's a criminal, though. Oh, poor, poor shark. Attempted taxidermy, reckless operation of a coupe de ville, menacing Dalmatians. Oh. Karen. Cruella de Vil. Oh. Yes, from... 101 Dalmatians. Good job. Unauthorized lip reading, cutting off life support, failing to follow programming. Hal. Oh! Yes. From 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. I love this quiz. I was... Good job, Hedgeman. That was Good a... quiz. Oh, man. <laughs> when I say the names Paris and Ivanka, who do you think of? Paris. I think of Hilton and Ivanka Trump. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Paris Hilton, <laughs> Ivanka Trump, a famous heiresses. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about another heiress. Her name is Frances Glesner, and she was born in Chicago in 1878. Her father struck it rich by establishing International Harvester, which was an old-timey agricultural machinery company. And Frances was very, very smart. She excelled at her studies and was particularly interested in medicine and science. And because of her wealthy family, she had a lot of access to books and resources, and she was one of the biggest Sherlock Holmes fangirl. Really, really loved Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) And a voracious reader, just a really smart lady. And in addition to getting the same education as her brother, Frances also had to participate in um, more domestic training, like home economics, uh, lots of sewing and painting and crafty stuff like knitting. 
And she was very, very awesome at that, too. So awesome lady all over. But as progressive as her family was in terms of, you know, providing top notch education, her family really didn't see her having a profession. They wanted her to marry a wealthy man and, and be comfortable, which she did, but that didn't necessarily stop her interests. And so Francis's brother went on to attending Harvard. Through that, Francis met one of his friends, and his name is George McGrath. And they really hit it off. George studied medicine uh, with a concentration of uh, using medicine to help solve crimes. And keep in mind, this is a relatively new field back then, the field of legal medicine. Forensic medicine. Mm -hmm. Of course, this all hit Francis's buttons, you know, human anatomy, medicine, and Sherlock Holmes crimes. Like, wow. By leveraging her wealthy status as an heiress, Francis had access to specialized books and crime scene reports, and she even attended autopsies, and she uh -oh. loved it. And she eventually became a self-taught expert at crime scene investigation oh. and was revered uh, for her observation and opinion hmm. because she was huh. so good. And this is without any formal training. Eventually, she became a, a big financial supporter of Harvard and Harvard's newish field in legal medicine. And it's as if all the stars kind of fell into alignment. Francis did something that is so cool and so weird and so revolutionary. I've mentioned before, she was really talented in crafts and her knowledge of medicine and her access to police reports. Frances started a weird hobby. She started building mini dioramas of violent crime scenes. Hmm. Hmm. She would build little sets and she would make little dolls and would craft these elaborate kind of extremely detailed um, mini scale models of crime scenes based on different reports. Is this for investigative purposes or, or just pleasure. for her own fascination? For her fascination, but also uh, to be a educational tool. These dolls, I mean, when you think of like dollhouses, you think of like pristine little dolls and in their little dresses. These dolls show level of decomposition. They're bruised. Mm. They're slashed at the throat or they're hung and there's blood splatter. Just really wow. crazy stuff in a small little scale. These were called... Nutshell studies of unexplained death. The really impressive thing is that Francis would consider every detail that was recorded from various reports. So from the location of bruises on bodies to something like the towel in the kitchen sink is like a little bit askew or the color of the victim's socks. Like mm -hmm. everything was considered and she would make these by hand. She made 18 of these dioramas in the 1940s and these were used as official police training tools to teach forensics, observation, and deduction. And she would host lectures and seminars showing these uh, mm. nutshell studies and would invite like the country's top crime scene investigators. And this is a time before DNA sampling mm -hmm. or high-tech chemical analysis machinery or whatever was available. One of the dioramas, I think it's her first one, it's called Kitchen. It's a perfect replica of like a housewife's kitchen. And you see a dead body on the grounds, a doll. And then there's things like the refrigerator is open at this certain angle and there are ice cube trays uh -huh. and and there's like a pie in the oven and there's a rolling pin. Like everything is so detailed. <laughs> and part of the, the study is there would be a witness statement 
it's like a Sherlock Holmes mystery, but presented in a dollhouse. And yeah. you get to figure out, like, what happened. Frances Klesner Lee and her 18 diorama nutshell studies really helped revolutionize crime scene investigation. Are the, study. Do any of them still exist? Are they yes. in a museum somewhere? Well, they're not open to the public. Yeah, they're I only think... open to tiny little members <laughs> of the public. Right now they're in Maryland, <laughs> but there are photographs. Frances Glesner Lee and her nutshell studies are the subjects of a documentary film called Of Dolls and Murder. Oh, I'm going to check oh, that out. Yeah. Narrated by John Waters. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so extra creepy. And it's been said that Frances Glesner Lee is reputedly the inspiration for the character of Jessica Fletcher ah, from Murder, oh, She Wrote. Sure. When I was a kid, I was very into the macabre murder scene things, and I had a book called, a series of books, they were called You're the Detective. Oh, and yeah. the presentation of the books was single panel line drawings of a crime scene, and it was basically, the game was, can you deduce what the crime was based on a little short bit of evidence and yeah. all the visual clues? And, and there's an answer? Oh, there, and there is an answer. Yeah, there, they're not real. These were all like written just as like little brain teasers, yeah. but I loved them. I loved this, and this is kind of that thing, but in real life. Those were fun. Yeah. Well, I have a quiz for you guys here, which is a grab bag of knowledge about crime and also maybe some common misconceptions about the world of crime and detective work. So Ooh. get your buzzers ready, and we will kick it off. When we talk about Grand Theft Auto... Yes. Not the video game. No. The crime. When we talk about Grand Theft Auto, what is the grand? What, what do we mean, grand theft? Chris. It is above a certain dollar amount. That is right. Oh, yeah. not to austere. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Not a fantastic right. theft. Not yeah. like a Lincoln Continental. Right. Or yeah. And <laughs> grand theft or grand larceny mm-hmm. in contrast to petty larceny. Yes. And yes. these going back actually have very specific legal meanings. And as you say, Chris, that's right. It's just anything that's grand larceny is above a certain dollar amount. Mm-hmm. And is it, it a thousand? Well, you know, it is in some places, actually. It varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. I mean, it can be as low as a few hundred dollars in some places. But they'll have degrees, like first degree, second degree, third degree. Mm -hmm. This goes way back, as many things on the show we talk about, to English laws. Back to the 13th century, they had the first distinction between grand larceny and petty larceny. Patty larceny was a word in the world of San Diego character. Where they set the dividing line, uh, is great, is they set the dividing line between petty larceny and grand larceny at about the value of a sheep. So if you stole a sheep Ooh. or better, you were you were in hot water, Whoa. right? Grand theft sheep. And the punishments, petty larceny would pay your fine and just, you know, your garden variety lashing with the whip. Um, grand larceny would be uh, death. So wow. don't steal sheep, kids. Wow. Uh, so you're talking about forensics, Karen. Fingerprinting, obviously, is a huge development in yes. terms of uh, crime fighting. True or false? Fingerprints are so distinctive and individual that not even identical twins have identical fingerprints. Chris. True. That is true. Even identical twins do not have matching fingerprints. Whoa, so they're not really identical. That's right. They can be similar. They say they can be similar, but it's really crazy. Yeah, fingerprints, um, they develop when you're in the womb based on... a, a. um, amazing variety of factors like how, mu- how much you're moving around like what is the fetus grabbing onto Whoa. and yeah the ridges are really informed by the environment um, while you're gestating it's nuts though they're primarily known today for their role protecting the president and his family what was the original mission of the US Secret Service 
and I believe we've had this in pub yeah. quiz before. Chris. Is this to stop counterfeiting? It was. It okay. was to stop counterfeiting. Right. That's right. Uh, President Abraham Lincoln actually created the Secret Service. Apparently, counterfeiting was just rampant after the Civil War. Uh, I've read some mm. estimates that anywhere from 25 to 35% of U.S. currency at the yeah. time and fake. So it was fake. Right. right. Well, because a dollar at that point was just pretty much a piece of paper with the word dollar written on it. So it wasn't really that hard to do. <laughs> the Secret Service was created to fight counterfeiting primarily in financial crimes. It wasn't until after uh, McKinley was assassinated in 1901 that Congress finally is like, you know what? Maybe we should have a dedicated government service to protecting our presidents. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Abraham Lincoln started the Secret Service and the Vampire Hunters Guild. America. <laughs> yeah, he, got, he got up to a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the story goes that the legislation authorizing creation of the Secret Service was on Lincoln's desk the night that he was shot. Oh. Um, to add a little bit of a somber note to that. <laughs> Not that it would have helped. He yes, exactly. He wasn't, he wasn't stabbed with a counterfeit dollar bill. That hurts, the by the way. Yeah. yeah. It's not even real money. <laughs> According to the National Center for Insurance Statistics, what was the most frequently stolen car in the United States in 2012 for the fourth year in a row? Whoa! Uh, you guys all jumped in, and I don't even—I'll be more impressed if you can give me make, model, and year. But I—I oh, I, I won't I, ask for year. But make it, and model. Yeah, go ahead. I think that was Chris. I okay. I believe it's the Honda Civic. It, you're close. Is it Toyota Karen? Camry? No, Dana, you want to take a bite? It's the SUV. Is it the? Explorer, it is the, the Accord? 1994 Honda Accord. Oh, okay. Yes. The Civic, I believe, is number two on last year's list. Yeah. The 1994 Honda Accord for four years in a row, the yeah. most stolen car. Yep. Key, there's only a few um, key types, right? Like it's It was before, in. I guess, they had instituted like some like anti-theft devices, but also that that particular year, the parts are so easily interchangeable with many other Hondas uh, that if you're uh, stealing a car, you can be guaranteed that you're going to sell off the parts. So if you own a 1994 Honda Accord, you better lock that thing up at night. On September 10th, 1897, George Smith of London, England, became the first person to record what dubious distinction? Dubious distinction. And I'll give you a little clue. Um, By trade, he was a cab driver. Karen. Is this a Sherlock Holmes thing? I don't think so. <laughs> I know the look on your face. Yeah, so I, think it's, I think it's a real person. This is a Study real in person. Scarlet. Oh, he was a cab driver in the 1800s. 1897 in London. It was the first person to record what, what dubious, dubious distinction. Oh, could that be it? Uh, George Smith was the first person ever arrested for drunk driving. Oh. Oh, wow. He got. And he drove other people. And he drove a cab. Uh, apparently, he was. Yeah, uh, nobody was killed. Nobody was hurt. He got drunk and crashed his cab into a building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fine uh, was twenty five shillings. Uh, I did the math on some inflation calculators. That's about one hundred and fifty bucks. A little bit over. Not too oh. bad, actually. Yeah, no. For the world's low. first DUI. Nice. <laughs> wow. I thought it was That's good. great. Good. <laughs> That's yeah. just good great. for him. Good. <laughs> just love those feel good stories. <laughs> True or false? We call policemen cops because many early cops used to wear copper badges. True. 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 It is false. Oh no! It wanted to be true so much. I really wanted to trick you guys. Coppers are so. I I actually the guy with the Tommy gun firing. Hey, you'll never take me alive, coppers! Yeah, bouncing off the copper badge. So here's where it comes from. They they can trace this back to at least the 1700s. That 
cop was really like meant to to catch or to seize, like oh. to, to sort of seize mm-hmm. upon somebody. Like to cop a feel. To, 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 or like to cop to something. That's exactly right. That's exactly Mine right. Jumps right there. Like yeah, he he copped to the he copped to doing it, or he copped to feel, as you might say, Karen. Uh, so then it went from there to the coppers, the ones doing the, ones the doing copping. The they mm-hmm. copped him, and then from copper back to mm-hmm. cop. So it is, kind of it, is, it is it yeah. is cop a feel. They're not exactly sure. They think it may have either come from Latin capere, like capable, same uh-huh. root, or it may have come from a Dutch word coppen, but they both meant to take. So either way. Uh, all right. Well, pretty good. You guys definitely know a lot about crime. I'm actually a little suspicious mm, of you yeah. guys. Yeah. Mm. The jig is up. Cheese at the coffers. <laughs> Grab the microphones. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. All right, and we have our final quiz here, and it's a music round. And this music round is special because I actually get a lot of suggestions from listeners about themes Mm. or things that I can ask for a music round. But Bianca from Boston made one, and it's so good that I had to share with you guys. It's it's themed, and it's very clever. So music round is when I play short clips of songs, and you guys have to identify the artist. There is a theme... So maybe the artist's name or the title of the song might clue into the theme. Here we go. All right. Uh, Thank you, Bianca. Let's see if we can stump these people. Here we go. Dana. It's the White Stripes Seven Nation Army? Yes. yes. The White Stripes Seven Nation Army. All right. Next one. Up in the morning and out to school. The teacher is teaching the golden rule. American history and practical man. You study him hard and hoping to pass. Working your fingers right down to the bone. Chris. Is this Chuck Berry? Yes, Chuck okay. Berry. Is this Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll? Is What is the, what is the title of the song? This, no, is particular this no particular place, to, place go. to go, I think, right? It is School Days. School Days. Oh, okay. Ring, ring goes the bell. Ring, ring goes the bell. Okay, okay. It's tough. Mm. Is there is there parentheses? Yes, parentheses. <laughs> School Days, parentheses, ring, ring goes, goes the bell. bell. Got it. Here's another song with parentheses in it. Oh. Colin. 
Well, I mean, it's any one of the many George Clinton band variations. So I'll go with Parliament? Yes! Okay, all right. Very good. Uh, We Want the Funk. The full title of the song is Give Up the Funk, Mm -hmm. parentheses, Tear the Roof Off the Sucker. That's right. In parentheses. All right, next song. Dana. It's the crash test dummies. Yes. Four Oh, oh. Um, I only said three. Uh, by crash test dummies. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the next one. See if you can identify the artist uh, from the auto tune. Okay. Is it Akon? It is Akon! Is that I mean, the only auto-tune? You had me an auto-tune, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Right, it's not T-Pain, it's not Cher, it's Akon. <laughs> Akon, smack that. Okay. I thought it was smack that. Yeah. No. <laughs> Alright, last clip. Uh, can you identify the television show? Oh. I think Dana first. Is it Murder, She Wrote? It is yeah. Murder, oh, She Wrote. Yes. I can picture the opening. It's weird. I haven't watched that show since the 80s, but it came right back to me. It's right very away. jaunty. <laughs> you picture her like going fishing or walking oh, in her yeah. little town. And then she's typing at her, at her typewriter. So that's the music round. Good job. You guys all identified the song. Crash White Test stri- Dummies. Okay. Mm-hmm. White Stripes, Seven Nation Army, Akon, mm-hmm. Smack That. Crash Test Dummies, Chuck school. Berry, School Days. I thought it was like governmental agencies at first. Like so, Nation, I mean Army, School, oh, Crash okay. Test Dummies. Not but, exactly, but but mm, that's a good clue. So all right, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you guys the pieces of information that, Parliament. that does matter. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sure. So, crash Test Dummies, mm-hmm. Parliament, Smack That. School Days, Murder, She Wrote, Seven Nation Army. Army, Murder, and this oh, is uh, Groups called... of Animals. Yes! Uh, <laughs> animal Plurals. Wow. Animal, collect- animal Collectives. Wow. Wow. Very good job, Brandon. Good Singer. job. Thank you, Bianca. Wow, Bianca. Cool. Crash is a crash of rhinos mm. for elephants. A parliament of owls. Owls, yes. I love that Smack. One. Of jellyfish from a oh, previous right. show, right, right. School of Fish, a Murder of Crows, and Army of Ants. Wow! Very good. 
tricky. Very tricky. tricky. Yeah, it was great. And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot about bada bing, (laughs) fake criminals, real criminals, and other stuff. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And don't forget to check out our sponsors at bonobos.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and more time actually watching and playing what you want with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts.